This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Okay, so last week, Dave, we, we kind of covered the fact that you've been taking a bit of a developer break from iOS for a little while. And I know you said you were, you were kind of working on your Raspberry Pi Arcade and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know just from our conversations in the week in between, you've kind of come back a bit to the iOS dev now. And I know that you're, you're kind of breaking ground on uh, the project that you're working on at the moment. And uh, I just wondered how that was, was going, how that was taking form. It's been a strange week. Um, <laughs> basically, I've been navigating time sinks. I'm sure you're familiar with those <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> making apps. So I've been trying to, I've been trying to get better at recognising when you get when I'm getting stuck in a time sink. So I feel like this is version 2.0 of my app development endeavours, if you will. And when I set out on this 2.0, having uh, sort of wrapped up my sort of failed limited company when I tried it first time round, um, a, a key thing I was going for is that I wanted to look for easy wins. Just looking back at you know my first time around the block it made me realise how easy it is to get bogged down as one person. And now, uh, just because life and everything has changed, I've got even less time than I had last time. So this is it's even more important to stay uh, nimble, I guess, would be one word to describe it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just need easy wins all over the place. So, And, and crucially, I need to not get stuck in these time sinks. Um, so I've been, I guess, reflecting a little bit on what these time sinks look like and and where they come from, and I guess this is, this is going to be different for everyone. Yeah, but I've been trying to distill what what it what it is for me, and for me, it generally centres around design. That's kind of where I usually fall down. Coding, logic, mostly okay at that stuff. I mean, I have my moments. Don't <laughs> don't get me wrong, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's generally when I get into this grand idea of like a look and a feel of an app i just have this idea like i want to make an app that looks like this but i can't i can't express it quite clearly enough in my head in order to be able to translate it into a, a design and ultimately a working app yeah um i guess i get 60 70 percent of the way there of it starting to feel good but i can't quite nail it i can't quite get it over the line and that's when the hours slip away and you know you go from pillar yeah. to post you go all around the houses and you, and you, you know further forward. Um, and usually it's just, it ends up with just me being without a completed design and just more frustrated and annoyed than I was before. <laughs> does that sound <laughs> at all relatable or familiar? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Bits of that sound quite familiar. Um, I, I know that, well, I feel that your design skills are, are pretty strong, Dave, actually, compared to... Um, to mine and, and I, I sort of feel like I'm a I'm very definitely a dev first and a design third, fourth or fifth um, in terms <laughs> of like my mobilities. Um I know what I like and I um and I know roughly what I'm going for sort of each time I, I, I pull an app together. Um but the process of kind of sketching and iterating and getting things distilled down to to something that I'm happy with is a definite time sink. It's a definite rabbit hole of, of decision-making and thoughts. Um, and I actually feel like perhaps maybe um, as a dev, the, the, the 
the better you are in some ways at design. The, the but if it's not your primary skill, um, but but you're quite good at it still, it, the potential for a time time sink is probably quite high. Uh, just because there's that element of like, but I know if I just throw a bit more time at this, I'm going to get something good. And then it's kind of like the carrot on the stick ahead of you each time as you're sort of, you know, trying to iterate away and get something down to, to something that you're like, yeah, that's it. It's perfect. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether that would be any easier or, or different if um, if you weren't actually decent at design um, or whether you'd punk, you know, be able to kind of go, yeah, all right, that's as good as I can get. Um, there's, there's a balance that you're probably walking and there's also the sunk cost fallacy as well, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. So you, you throw all this time in against uh, an idea, a design, um, and perhaps the, the 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 better answer is to take a, a, a step back or take a higher level view of what you're doing and kind of go, yeah, do I really need this thing? You know, do I really need this this bit here? Is this really the you know the the best way of expressing what I want to express? But being able to kind of stop zoom out see that is it's a, a skill in its own right especially when you feel like you just need five more minutes you know you just need another five more minutes and everything's going to all just slot into place and come together and and I, what i found is after um a, a certain point that like that's just it's it's never possible it's never five more minutes and um and the only way it kind of ever becomes that is if you if you stop the clock, take a step back or go and do something different and then come back to it. So you kind of force that kind of, uh, that break in, in the thought process. Yeah. Um, and, and then if, if I do that, then when I come back, it can just be five minutes or 10 minutes to sort it all out. It's kind of like that break, um, sort of restarts the, the energy. Um, I think what it actually does, if I think about it properly for me, taking a break and taking a step back it actually stops me from um engaging in the sunk cost fallacy too much it kind of breaks the attachment because some of the attachment is it's that it's five more minutes a bit more time a bit more time and then if you can actually force a break in it you can break that cycle and it reduces yeah how, how attached i am to sort of completing that specific idea yeah and it, it, it's easy to get um confused at what you're looking at because if you're sort of going around and around in circles changing this changing that changing it back changing it to something else and it's like which version of this did i even like um, yep and you just go around and around and you're just looking at it and you, you don't even know if you like it anymore or you don't even know what you're looking at anymore so i've yeah like yourself I, I have to almost sleep on it but then that ends up being like a really long feedback loop um yeah, because I find if I just go make a coffee and come back, I'm like, oh, I'm right back where I started. I still don't know. But if I go away for long enough, completely get it out of my head, then you can kind of come back and look at stuff more objectively. And sometimes it's so obvious. It's like, oh, that looks terrible. Why was I even going that route? But like you say, by that point, you have to. I have personally, I have to leave quite a lot of time between revisiting it for that to happen. So that's right. its own kind of set of frustrations for me is that like it it might take until, you know, if I stop now, sort of at eight o'clock in the evening, it might not be till two o'clock in you know the afternoon tomorrow when I can revisit it with a clear enough head. If you go back into it in the morning, it's just going to be you pick up where you left off. Yeah, um, 
and it's just hard because like i say I'm, I'm not really a designer and you know you're very kind about what you said about my design skills but honestly i i just feel like i pick bits up here and there i see things that i like and kind of remember that for like future use maybe or like inspiration uh it's definitely not not a not a strong skill of mine i i, I get by um i guess this yep. is just kind of one of the prices i have to pay for that by not being like a a real designer i'm just kind of fumbling my way through and this is just how i managed to do it and i guess that's yep. just where where i've where i've got to land with it really i think i think you can plan for the behavior a little bit so i, th- I think it's possible to um to kind of recognize that that this is a fact of how you work and if you kind of if you can do a bit of project planning with what you're working on then you can kind of build in um kind of milestones if you like in the project that are centered around giving yourself space for sort of getting that bit of the design nailed and that that sort of stuff one of the things that i tend to do with when when i'm embarking on a, a, a sort of known quantity of a project if you like um is that I'll break it down into these milestones and try and couple something that's not UI related uh, to be sort of developed at the same kind of time. Um, so I'm trying to think of a good example. If um, when I was working on AirSynth, um, AirSynth has this whole um, subsystem that processes the the video data and the depth data and that side of stuff. And so I would flip between this aspect of the design and bringing that subsystem on a little bit further kind of like you sort of got two two gears you know yeah yeah um, that's interesting and, and and what i would do then is kind of go well okay i'm gonna if you've ever seen the sort of uh, minimum viable product image that gets banded around this, this idea of like you start off with the um you start off with like the skateboard and then it goes to a scooter and then it goes to a bike and then it goes to a, a car you know, with the idea of like, if you're going to iterate, you know, you build the, the minimum thing that sort of actually does a bit of what you want to do. Um, and then you move and then you go up in these stages. I kind of try and apply that a little bit as well. So if I can get the UI kind of for, for an area good enough to sort of be the the skateboard or the scooter version of the, the design rather than the full car, then I'll take it there go and do something you know lower level technical to support that area and then come back and try and nudge it onto the next bit it doesn't always work out i kind of feel like with AirSynth, i got um, the main screen of AirSynth like maybe 60 percent of the way there and then all of the subsystem was built and it was a case of just really you know nailing where i wanted things mm-hmm. um so i think we talked about on a previous show you've got like the first 90 percent of the work and then <laughs> you know that last ten percent is the other ninety percent of the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, that that um, that last push was definitely exactly what you're talking about. It was the rabbit hole on design and just sort of getting things exactly where I wanted them. Mm. Um, so I, mean, I don't know. You can have a strategy, but then it can go out the window once everything else is is done, and that's the only thing that needs to be sorted. Yeah, and believe it or not, I think Swift UI has actually gone quite a long way to helping me. With, with all of this um, due to its, its you know it's declarative in nature isn't it so and it has quite a strong opinion on how things should work and yep. 
I've certainly found, um, you know know this because we've talked about it, but it puts up quite a bit of a fight if you try and start meddling too much. Yep. Um, And, you know, as as you know, I I did fight this at first. I I took the I know better approach. And, yeah, I mean, guess what? That turned out to be a massive time sink surprise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then I think as I, I moved on with Swift UI, I learned to relax a little bit. And I guess you could say trust it a little bit more, but maybe that's a stretch. Um, But my life certainly got a lot easier and I could get to a completed design a lot quicker. And that design, I think, kind of respected the platform it was on very, very well. And it felt very intensely iOS-y, sort of out of the box with really minimal effort on my part because you get a lot of stuff for free with SwiftUI. And again, that's kind of why SwiftUI appealed to me so much when when I first saw it last year, because I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like these easy wins, more so now you know, now than ever. Um, you know, you get like dark mode for free, don't you? You get things like right to left text. You get, uh, what's it called? Help me out. Um, dynamic text size. Is that yeah. dynamic text? Is that what it's called? Yeah, you get an awful lot out of the box that's, that's supported there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just so much easier to do a lot of things that are so fiddly back in UI kit as well. But I think the quick iteration is the thing that's probably really helping you there. Once you kind of got the syntax down and that sort of stuff, um, your, your path towards it going from code to being something you can see to being something you can then go back and tweak that, that loop is tighter. I feel with Swift UI, uh, I certainly feel that's, that's been, uh, my experience of it that's actually even without me using the uh, preview in xcode even with me hitting run every time yeah do you, do you use it much no um i find it annoying yeah I, i've I essentially found adding all of the dependencies for review each time to sort of do a preview was actually just feeling quite disruptive as i would start to kind of strip components out of views and turn them into subviews and their own things and that sort of stuff it's it kind of like it's an edge every time where you're sort of like stripping down well okay now my preview's broke you know do some other changes oh now my preview's broke again so yeah in the end it's just easier to get rid of the preview and hit run yeah and i don't really feel like it delivers on the promise of it just constantly updating as you code because for me it always seems to stop and i have to hit resume all the time so it's like well now it's just essentially doing a build anyway um, yeah and I've just got such a strong muscle memory, like almost a decade now of like build and run, build and run, build and run. Yep. Uh, it's hard to break that. But yeah, it's it, previews aside, SwiftUI has been very, very helpful, I think, in, in sort of helping me not get too bogged down. Because like I say, it gives you so much out of the box that, you know, if like me, you're looking for easy wins, you should probably stick to it a lot of the time. Um, I mean, it's still very possible to make a poor UI in SwiftUI, but... Yep. If you stick to the rails, it's easier to make something sort of halfway decent pretty easy. Yeah. I I feel like one of the benefits that SwiftUI has given me um, is it's a hard constraint in a lot of ways. That kind of, you know, SwiftUI um, kind of its own way of doing stuff and the rails that you sort of talk about. having those there having those there being um an approach that is uh quite opinionated from swift ui 
I feel like that constraint actually helps me because then there's this sort of, there's this edge that's like, okay, if I'm pushing up against it too hard, then I need to, to back down. And and I need to kind of think, well, okay, is there a more swift UIE way of doing this or is there, a, a, you know, something I've missed here? And having that challenge kind of almost inbuilt from, you know, the, the code that I'm using to develop the UI kind of helps um, push back on my tendency to go down ra- rabbit holes with the design. Hmm. It, because there's almost an element of like, well, I could do the thing that's in my head but it's actually proving to be 10 times more difficult than I feel it should be. So maybe, maybe it's not the right route. Maybe there's a, a, a cleaner route within Swift UI to sort of go for. Yeah. Uh, and Swift UI can't protect you from everything in terms of no. like that, because well, as I, as I found this week, my sort of upcoming to do app, um, known as project synapse. <laughs> I need, I need to think of an actual name for it as well at some point, but that's, we can have a whole nother show on that maybe. <laughs> uh, but like when I first set out to design it, I started in Affinity Designer and I wanted each to-do list to have its own colour theme. So when you view all of your to-do lists on like the homepage of the app, you can quickly pick them apart by colour. And then when you tap into one, that area of the app will be themed. So if your grocery to-do list is like a bluey one, when you tap into it, the UI elements turn blue that sort of makes sense yep and when i started designing i was only basically making something for a landing page that needed to look a little bit pretty so i just i started using gradients and i only sort of demoed the app with like five lists so i only needed to make five gradients that all looked fairly decent um there was no real reason for the for the gradients other than i like the look but when i got further into the development i realized it had another benefit because say you have say you're a power user of the app and you've got 20 or or 30 lists it'd be quite nice to have each one of those lists have like a a unique color and gradients make it easier to get 20 unique gradients um you know nice looking gradients that look like they were part of like a same the same sort of color palette versus using 20 individual sort of colors Um, yeah i found that they you would start blending into each other like you'd have too many blues that look the same when you get to that number of unique colors um or you had to kind of step outside of the sort of color palette you had in mind because like it's quite easy if you're sort of using like pastely shades it's pretty easy to run out of colors and then you start having to go into more vibrant colors but then they they kind of clash it's like well they don't all look like they're from the same box of colors but the flip side of that is that using just standard colors is that it was easier than me having to make all of these gradients because, but yeah, it, like, it turned out that making terrible looking gradients is actually quite easy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's very easy to make a bad looking gradient and I needed a lot of good looking gradients. So I kind of went through this phase of uncertainty. I tried convincing myself that just using colors, just block colors, look better even though i knew i really did like the gradients then i'll change it all back to gradients and think oh it looks so much better but then i'll be like oh damn it i need to make loads of gradients now and that's like a whole nother job in itself yeah and and i need all of these gradients it's all very well making a nice looking gradient but then when you've made 30 of them you need to put them all sort of in a row and they all need Mm -hmm. to look good together yeah and that's really hard um and at that point i was starting to get really suspicious that i was in a time sink 
Yeah, you're a few levels down at that point. Yeah. In the hole. But it felt like this was such a fundamental part of the app's design that I almost owed the app this time. Yeah. Um, because I felt like if I get this right now, this is going to pay dividends all the way through the development of this app. So I f- there's some small part of me that felt it was worthwhile to press on, so I did. How I got around it, I kind of, um, you know, I could feel that I was in Affinity Designer a lot, just randomly making gradients and seeing if the one I made looked good and did it match all the re- all the other ones in terms of like the overall feel. And oh, it, was, it was painful. So I thought there's got to be a better way. So I, I kind of coded my way out of the problem because I looked at the gradients that I liked and that looked good together. And they had some things in common. Um, are you familiar with HSL when it comes to like colours? Yep. So it's hue, saturation, luminance. So what I noticed is that the gradients that I quite liked, gradient, colour number one of the gradient, say it had a hue of value of 133. The second colour would have a hue value plus or minus 50 of that. Okay. And I was like, those were the ones that kept coming up that I thought, oh, that looks good, that looks good. And sure enough, they kind of, not all, but most of them had this trait in common. So I would sort of lock in the saturation and the lightness and then sort of orbit the colour wheel in increments of like sort of 50-ish Um and sort of generate all these gradients for me to review. I mean, not all of them were good, but mm-hmm. it, it was a start. So I would then kind of go through, a, once I had all these gradients, it's like, wow, that's a lot of gradients. <laughs> um, and I, I would kind of go through this process of, I guess you'd call it optical adjustment, to sort of like slightly modifying some of them, because especially when you get into the yellows and the greens, it's quite hard, easy for it to knock out a gradient that just doesn't look good or it's too bright and you can hardly see it. And um, Yeah due to the way that they were made in in the way that I kind of orbited the uh, the colour wheel with the hue values all the gradients were sort of similar colours so you would have like a, a red and an orange gradient or a blue and a light blue mm-hmm. you didn't often have like blue and red together because they were kind of like on different sides of the colour wheel but of course once I had all of these ones that it generated I could start because they're all sort of piece from the same pod in terms of like their overall look together i could swap out a blue and a red and guess what it, it looked pretty good or right. i could swap out the yellow and a light blue and sort of make that into a gradient out of the yellows and the blues and it's oh that one looks pretty good so now i've got all <laughs> this kind of <laughs> i've actually got these these gradients now that look pretty good um and crucially i've looked at it today i've looked at it yesterday i've looked at it today and each time i've looked at it I've been like, yeah, that looks good. So I think, right? I think, <laughs> emphasis on think, I think I'm out of the woods and I think it's been worth it. I just hope that I look at it tomorrow and still like it. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. Um, I kind of like the way that I've managed to code my way out of it because coding kind of feels like the thing I can actually do reliably Yeah, and design isn't. And I feel like I've kind of hacked my way out of a bad design situation with some, one of my strengths. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey, but glad to be out of it. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I sort of, as you started describing all of that, my my initial reaction was to kind of go, "Oh man, just just get yourself the the a handful that you're happy with, and just leave it there. 
like you know keep keep those ones you can add more later on and kind of circle back around a bit later um you've kind of ended up with like the the, the opposite outcome you know you kept going and, you, and it's now given you what you probably would have got later on well you're ki- kind of but, but when you say get a handful that you like i did that and it was only right. just through a bit of curiosity that I noticed, hey, these have all got something in common with that Hue value being plus or minus, give or take. And then that's kind of what gave me the idea to go forward. But yeah, I think you know, it was almost more luck than judgment that I kind of discovered that. It was a bit, it was a bit of like a, a lucky discovery in that sense. Because yep. I wasn't particularly looking hard for it. I was just kind of like, oh, oh yeah. And then of course that <laughs> triggers like, oh, maybe I can code my way out of this mess. And thankfully I've, I've managed to. So that's... Uh, Yes, it's good. Um, but yeah, blimey. <laughs> so so easily could have gone wrong. Like That could have been like another time sink so easily <laughs> if I wasn't careful. It's such a fine balance. And, and again, I would say I've had similar experiences um, with, with other projects in the past where it's sort of been that kind of, um, yeah, just down down the hole, just trying to battle against it until you've, you've coded your way through. Um, but it's so satisfying when it pays off actually that's that's the other thing and i think that's the thing that makes it quite easy to end up in that that carrot on a stick sort of scenario uh, that we described at the beginning that that feeling when it all comes together and pays off is brilliant you know yeah. that that level of, of satisfaction is great um i had it on uh on a project i was working on last year where um it's uh, a video project that uses um webrtc and um so it it's doing uh video calling essentially and there was a an awful lot of initial setup and in making things just talk to each other to kind of configure the the call and then yeah it was this sort of slogging it out slogging it out and a couple of things were just not working and then much like you've described it there was just that one thing that then made it all slot into place. And then it kind of went from being, you know, it can't even make a video call to, oh, I'm seeing the other side and it's on screen and it's all here, you know, and everything just sort of dropped. Yeah, that's um, very cool, isn't it, when that happens? But yeah. you, equally, you need to measure, sort of like, keep a bit of a handle on that because I could take this now and almost justify another time sink in the future based on the fact that this one worked out. So I yep. just need to be mindful that just because this one worked out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't be getting too uh, <laughs> thinking that you can do this every time. Because yeah, I think I got lucky in a number of ways on this. Um, but I'm just yeah, I'm just really glad that it looks good. I'm it looks good on the phone. Um, I'm looking forward to the iPad arriving during this week so I can get it on there and see see how it all feels. Um, yeah, like I say it's just been simulated on I- iPad to this point, and there's nothing like getting it on the device. No, and and also the iPad's LCD and the iPhone's OLED that I'm testing on, so it'd be kind of cool to see, see the differences there as well. See how those gradients hold up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Are you looking at um, at kind of getting into anything pencil uh, specific with the iPad? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, when it arrives, I might just take some time from the rest of the app and just like try and figure out what pencil kit's all about 
because yep. this app is crying out for pencil kit support, I think. Because the whole idea of it, not to go over it in too much detail, the whole idea of it is that it's a to-do list man- uh, task manager and it will do your notes and it will do time tracking. And I've always found that I've had like three different apps for those three things in the past, but then there's it's not that kind of cohesion between all three of them because it's quite nice to have notes that are attached to your tasks and it's quite nice to have the time tracking attributed to the tasks that you also have your notes about. It all, all works together. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just feels like a pen, you know, pencil support for that is is going to be amazing. Um, you know, if, you, if you've got a list of tasks and you tap on one and then you see more detail and it's your own sort of hand-drawn sketch that you can... Because actually to bring it back round to like this whole design rabbit hole stuff, for me, just to quickly get an idea out in like the very first phase of coming up with a new app idea just getting it down on paper is the key thing but then you yeah. you know what happens like you lose notebooks pens run out and go missing and paper gets torn and so i'm quite looking forward to maybe introducing the ipad and some kind obviously not my own app first i need to build it but maybe like another pencil based app to yep. help me with these kind of design decisions um see if i can work that into my workflow a little bit i find it's useful that's one of the aspects of how I use my iPad. Um, it's, it's that initial sort of sketching stuff down. I mean, even just like trying to come up with like a database relationship diagram or something, just quickly being able to just chuck down a quick, really bare bones sketch of like just some tables and how they you know relate to one another, the whole one to many thing. I've still not found a piece of software that I like yet that can do that. Um <laughs> It always feels <laughs> clunky and then like you go to drag the little uh, relationship thing between two things and it snaps to the wrong place. And it's like, ah, I, I've just so much rather just quickly scribble something down and you do it on paper. And then you yeah. think of like an extra field and you've already drawn the little table box. And it's like, damn it. Now I'm out of room. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to how the iPad and the pencil can sort of come into play a little bit. I don't know if it will stick, but I've got a funny feeling it might do. That's cool. Yeah, so, um, yeah, roll on Wednesday. I guess, actually, this this is kind of follow-up, isn't it? I know we've spoken about it, but we haven't spoken about it on the show. Um, obviously, last week we made a big deal of what iPad should I buy. Um, yeah, you've made the decision now. Went for the air in the end. I think, on balance, it's the way to go. Um, yeah. Went for the refurb one, so that's cool. Interestingly, I couldn't get stock anywhere of a new one, even if I wanted it. Right, um, so all- it kind of had to be the refurb. The big like non-Apple retailers, they're all out of stock. Apple was sometime in May they would deliver. Wow, okay. The refurb were like, yeah, sure, it'll be here on Wednesday. So like, where are we now? Like three days away. So that Um, feels like a um, COVID-related supply chain constraint. Yeah, I mean, or unless they're coming out of a new iPad Air and I'm going to kick myself. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's most likely COVID-related. Yeah. I would would guess. But yeah, that, that that is only a guess. The only fly in the ointment for me is that it was a silver one and I really wanted a space grey, but I kind of kept having to remind myself that this isn't really for me. This is like mostly for, you know, like Charlie and Oliver, well, Oliver maybe in a year or two when he's more able to use it. Um, It's not really my iPad, so I kind of had to get off my sort of high horse with, oh, everything needs to be space grey and tasteful and apple-y in the way that I like my Apple stuff to be. Because when yeah. we showed Charlie, um, luckily my mum's got a silver iPad, which has got the white front on it. 
and we've got the space yep. gray iPad. So we put the two together and go, here, which one do you like? He goes, oh, I like the white one. And he goes, and I, want a, <laughs> and I want a blue case. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of decision made then. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, <that's done. laughs> a lot easier. We'll order the silver one that happens to be on the refurb store, an excellent price, and we'll just get a cheap blue case off of Amazon. So that's exactly what we've done. Great stuff. Yeah. So we've hopefully got- by the next time we speak, you're going to be all set up. and Yeah. Um, got the pencil here in the house, actually, but just nothing to use it on. <laughs> I had to get the pencil from uh, Amazon. Because again, Apple, they had some like quite a long wait on the pencils. But Amazon had one, you know, same price, next day delivery, prime. Um, so yeah, that turned up today. And it's going to sit tight for a couple of days on the iPad. And the case will be Thursday, I think. Because again, COVID, I guess, Amazon Prime is... Uh, yeah, it's not quite as next day as it once was, but that's totally understandable, isn't it? I guess they've got to prioritise, so... Yeah. Yeah, check in next week. Um, see how we're see how we getting on. 